This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode six of Equestrian Legends. Hello, I'm Chris Stafford, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Equestrian Legends. My guest this week is eventer Sheila Wilcox. Sheila Wilcox was born on March the 12th, 1936, in Sutton Coalfield near Birmingham in England. Despite not being born into an equestrian family, she persisted from an early age with the determination that was to become the driving force of her success. She embarked on her riding career at the age of four with half-crowns spent for pony rides on the beach near Blackpool and, despite the shortages of war, convinced her parents that she was treading a path to her future that shaped the sport of eventing for the inclusion of women in the Olympics. Success in the show ring began with winning the champion hack title in 1953 at White City. But it was a visit to the European Championships with her brother John a year later that convinced her that her future lie in eventing and that consistency at the top level was attributed to fitness and conditioning, a trademark which she was to make her very own. By 1956, she had caught the British team selector's eye with the partnership she had established with High and Mighty. However, because women were not allowed in the Olympic Games, High and Mighty was sold to become available for the Stockholm Games, but unsoundness denied him a place on the team, and Sheila brought him back. Her record of three consecutive wins at Badminton Horse Trials is unsurpassed. Following her debut there in 1956 with High and Mighty, where they finished runner-up, they went on to take this prestigious four-star title in 1957 and 1958. Sheila returned to take her third title a year later with Airs and Graces, she also won Little Badminton in 1964, riding Glenamore. Sheila competed in the 1957 European Championships with High and Mighty, earning both team and individual gold medals. Two years later, they also won a European team gold medal. Sheila competed successfully for several years, winning eight major titles. However, a fall in 1971 at the Tidworth Horse Trials left her partially paralysed and she gave up eventing to focus on Grand Prix dressage with success on Sun and Air. In the mid-1970s, she took on the job of coach to the Canadian team leading up to the 1976 Montreal Olympic Games and including the 1975 Pan American Games. Sheila is the author of two books, Three Days Running, published in 1958, was the first title ever written on the sport of eventing. The Eventors, published in 1973, became a definitive work on the preparation and competing of the event horse. Sheila is divorced and has one son. Sheila, thank you so much for joining us. It's an absolute delight to have you on the Equestrian Legends show and, of course, a personal privilege and a walk down memory lane for me too because we worked together when you were in Canada. Yes indeed yes I mean that of course is a very long time ago. I was asked by the Canadians to go to Canada well to really sort of try and get them going really very very well at the top of the world. 
And you certainly did that, of course, really turned their fortunes there just before the Montreal Olympics in 1976. That was an interesting turning point in your career, too, as well, going from being an active competitor. And as everyone knows, and I said in my introduction how, of course, you were a pioneer for women in the sport of eventing, Sheila. Do you ever reflect on that and think, my goodness, did I really do all those things? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I suppose I just had to do, um, I mean, I was a one-man band, probably, as everybody knows. And I did a lot of uh, trying to sort of put new children, well, not new children, but a lot of people wanting, you know, to sort of listen to me and all that sort of thing. You had such a remarkable record with, and still holding the badminton record of three consecutive wins, which is phenomenal. That's pretty strong. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I, th- I should think probably it'll take some time to move, won't it? Well, I know there's a couple of people that have come very close. I mean, Pippa yeah. Farrell is one of them, of course. In That's it. Years, you know. Yes, I remember her yes, very well. trying very hard to, to break your record. but I. Oh, how very unkind of her. <laughs> <laughs> what a thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, William, no. William Foxpit, of course, and, and all these modern, yes. modern riders. Do you follow the sport much these days, Sheila? Um, I don't, actually. It's pretty awful, isn't it? But um, no, I, no, I don't. I seem to be doing other things entirely. You've moved on, and of course, you, you never were one to sit still. You, you always had an incredible work ethic. Let's go back to those early mm. days, Sheila and how you got involved with horses because you had such an incredible discipline with them. Did that come from your parents? Were they very... No, not at all. Absolutely not not at all. I mean, my father and mother were nothing to do with horses until, of course, you know, sort of I came along and everything happened. And we we went from... Well, in fact, it was Sutton Coalfield, I remember. you. We, we were, That's it, good girl. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Sutton Coalfield. Sutton Coalfield, and you moved to uh, Litham St. Anne's, wasn't it? Nearby? Now we're there, yes. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, of course, where you really got into your horsey activities. I believe that was actually when you go down to the beach and, and get sixpenny rides on the lead rein. Absolutely, yes. My, fr- my, fr- my father and mother had, uh, now what's it called, one of these things uh, where you put all your clothes there you know, in the sands. On the beach? Yes, not at, no. Well, on the beach, yes, it was. But uh, people used to have uh, a little box. Well, that's where you used to put your your clothes, and and you and and your brother John would go riding. Is that right? Well, not John. No, 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 no not no. Was... I mean, he. I mean, he could ride. He could ride, but I mean, he wasn't interested. He was doing other things. Because that was at a time um, that I believe, you know, there was still petrol rationing, wasn't there? And uh, yeah, so you, mm. you either you came on a bike, you came on a bike or a bus to get to yes. to the beach. Yep. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and as you said, your parents did not come from a horsey background, but but eventually, no, not at all. eventually, you you educated them, you persuaded them, and cajoled them, didn't you, over time? Yes, and and I was very lucky in in the fact that there was some people. Well, one person um, had a very big uh, place where she lived. You know, huge, going up a drive, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and she took a took a sort of little thing to me, and there was um, the usual horsey things, which nobody was taking notice of all that time. And I said, "Well, could I have, you know, could I bring the ponies in and the horses in?" And that's how it all started. 
And that went sort of for a long time. So you, you were really a horse-mad girl, weren't you, in the very yes. early days? And, yes. And I believe you had a wonderful nickname for the first groom you ever had, Marjorie Whitehurst. Did you remember you called her Marjorie? Marjorie, yes. <laughs> <laughs> she was lovely. She was absolutely splendid. <laughs> and, and helped you with those uh, early ponies, of course, when you really got the bit between your teeth. And do you remember being a very sort of a disciplined child then in those early days, Sheila? Yes, very much so. Very good. I'm very good on discipline. Yes. <laughs> very good indeed on discipline. Well, yeah. of course, I remember having worked with you with the Canadian team. I mean, your standard of stable management was second, yes. second to yeah. none. I mean, that, that, knocked, that knocked everybody out. It did. For quite some time, yeah. Well, if I could go back to those childhood days, of course, when yes. you had those, you, you got to the point where you had so many horses and ponies a variety of uh, shapes and sizes and a captain hodgson who was an ex-weedon officer became your stud groom to help uh, margarine as you called her yes yeah yeah that went on for some time yeah and of course he i'm sure being an ex-weedon officer himself had an incredible standard of stable management too did that rub off on you no No, no, no. At that time, you had uh, something like 23 horses of various shapes and sizes eventually that, that before your father decided it was time to sell out and uh, slow things down a little bit. Yeah, we didn't have that. I didn't have that much, much um, um, money or, or anything else. I mean, there was only, only sort of uh, folly. That was my first pony. And then sort of it grew up from there until I was, uh, you know, riding... Well, all sorts of things. Well, I remember, of course, in 1953, you won the champion hack of the show at White City with Blythe Spirit, of course. You That's called, right. You called him Chips, didn't you? Yeah, he was absolutely nothing at first, but, you know, I was very good at sort of making horses in the nicest possible way, you know, to become from what they were, which was pretty awful most of the time, and became, you know, a real, real super horse, very nice horse. Now, what do you think was your influence then, Sheila, to be so good at such an early age? Because, as you said, you produced Blythe Spirit into a champion hack, and you obviously yes. had a, a talent for that at a very early age. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, it was, you know, it doesn't, uh, I mean, I can remember, you know, I used to sort of watch a horse and sort of say, wow, you know, look at that, etc., etc. And, I mean, when I had my first horse, and we didn't have anywhere to put a horse, you know, because we only had a little place of our own, a proper place to live. Do you remember, though, when you look back on your childhood, Sheila, who yeah. would have been influential to you? Which horsemen and women were you watching that were your mentors at, the, at those early days? That's a very difficult one, because I'm a very sort of one-by-itself one sort of thing. I mean, I would watch them when I didn't have anything sort of... Um, uh, big horses or anything like that and say so that could be far and very better than it is and ultimately sort of um, with my father you know he said look if it's that good you know we'll buy it and it went on like that remarkable and there was a time then after uh, Blythe Spirit of course winning the champion hack when yeah. you sold him and you took off to South Africa for a while didn't you and yeah do you remember that uh, adventure um 
No, I think is the answer to that. <laughs> well, you know, it was back in the in the early fifties. I'm stretching your memory a little bit here, Sheila. But yeah. the point I'm coming to is that even when you came back, you were still determined, despite parental opposition, to to find another horse and to kick on with your horsey career. And that's when you started eventing. Yes, I mean I was lucky in the, in that where we lived when we went up from the south up north there was. Oh, a great big place, a huge place. There were some marvellous events, of course, in in those days up in the north. Indeed there were. No no longer uh, running, but I believe it was at this time that High and Mighty came into your life, wasn't it? And you also called him Chips in the stable. Yes, he was Chips as well. (laughs) (laughs) Just to make it easier for your father. uh, Yes, yes, because he couldn't remember anything. (laughs) 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 Wasn't very good at remembering things. Yeah. Mm. Well, High and Mighty obviously was a, a, one of those lifetime partners, wasn't he? I mean, extra- yes. an extraordinary yes. success with him. What, I what- mean, he was, abso- he was absolutely nothing at first. But, uh, of course, he and I, well, in force, most, most of the horses that I ever had, soon, you know, they, they sort of came in and didn't know anything, etc., etc. But I was very, very careful about training. You know, very, very careful indeed. And it made a hell of a difference. When I had my first pony, she was only sort of a little thing. Little folly. Little folly, yes. Yes. Now, with, with High and Mighty, or Chips as you called him, of course, yep. you went on, you, you were second at Birmingham in 1956, as I said earlier, and you won yep. again then in 57 and 58, Seven. and yep. then in 59, right. yep, you won with Airs and Graces. This was an interesting time in this in the period of the sports development because the british team wanted to have high and mighty wanted chips on the team but because women were not a part of the olympic games yeah that's that right yeah that's right yes yeah and, and so you 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 actually sold him i believe to, yes and then bought him back again and then bought him back so you sold him to yes. ted marsh that's right, yes. I bet you don't remember what you sold a horse of that value in those days, do you? Oh, my golly, no. 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 <laughs> he would be worth a lot of money today. Oh, a huge amount, yes. Yes, that's, that's certain. Because, of course, you, you, know, you did so well with him yourself, twice European champion team. Yes, holding. and that should have been third, third, by the way, because it was knocked off. Oh, really? Yes, yes. They sort of said, no, 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 can't can't have her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, there was was so much of that. With the men, you see, sort of horrified that a girl took over. There was a lot of that, quite nasty. Well, at one point that you went over to uh, Basel in Switzerland, I believe, to watch the European Championships. I think it was 1954. Yeah. But that was only on the condition that when you got back, your parents wanted you to pursue a secretarial job and, and take your mind off the horses. <laughs> yes, well, I mean, that was, that was hopeful on my mother's part. <laughs> 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 you know, I think she thought with horses, well, it's all very well, but... What was interesting, though, um, that while you were there, I believe, it actually, watching those championships, gave you the first sense of how important it was to get horses properly fit, Sheila. Yes, yes. Well, it was very important to me. You know, sort of like I, I always, always sort of wanted to do things 100% properly, you know, very much so. And that anybody who came to me, you know, was warned, you know, sort of that, um, you know, I do, work, I do work very hard. But, you know, sort of it's to show, or at least what happens is, is that uh, because of that, you do extremely well. 
Well, you, exactly. You only get out what you put in, and there was an amazing yeah. work ethic. Quite right. Yes, extraordinary mm. work ethic. And interesting, looking at those pictures, Sheila, from those days, is how many yeah. horses all lined up on the team there. They're in snaffle bridles with the Caverson noseband. There's no martingales. There's no yeah. boots. No. <laughs> very, very simple in those days, but very effective. And yes. one can look at pictures of you where your riding position is absolutely perfect. Oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> you know, and it, it is extraordinary to look at those, the simplicity of the sport in those days and to see how successful you were with, there was no bells and whistles or, you know, gadgets. It, you, you did it in a very authentic way. Yes, yes. Well, I got, you know, I'm the sort of person who can't help but do it properly um, or not at all. And And, of course, you were... You were very, very strict to yes. to many young people, and not least of all when I when I was a young girl. Very intimidating too, I might say. Oh dear, what a shame! <laughs> <laughs> but then, of course, you know, if you really want to sort of learn, yes, um, and do it the right way, as far as I'm concerned, you know, it's the only way to do it, isn't it? It certainly is, and and what a wonderful, yep. wonderful experience it was, I, I may say. But I want to just remind you of some wonderful pictures back in those days of team training for the European Championships in the 50s, alongside you were Virginia Gilligan with Jungle Queen, yes, yes. Colonel Frank Weldon with Kilbarry. Yeah, yes, he was lethal. Yeah. <laughs> he was lethal. I mean, well, because, it, you know, sort of, uh, you can imagine sort of uh, somebody like that, certainly thinking that um, of a girl in particular, yes. and I was put on the team, um, and then, and then one particular thing, which probably I shouldn't say, but when we were in, where were we? Um, Could you have been in Turin in 1955? That was the European Championships you were training yeah. for. Yeah. Mm. And then, of course, in Copenhagen, the 1957 That's Europeans right. as well. And, uh, and one person who was very influential, I think, to you in terms of those good old schoolmasters, Sheila, was uh, Captain Eddie Goldman, wasn't he? Oh, yes. Yeah. And he was, he was very, very good in the very early days. And I used to go to his place, which was quite something, you know, back and forth. Not easy for me, you know, because I didn't have a lot of money, all that sort of thing. Well, he was very good. I mean, he, 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 was, he was the one that I sort of looked at and thought, this is the one I should follow, uh, to a certain extent anyway. He was great. Do you have other people that you, you have considered to have been really influential in the sport over the years that you've watched, Sheila, in any country? Um, I think Mary. Mary King. Yeah. I mean, I, I taught her a lot, well, a huge amount. Well, yes, of course, she spent a lot, long time with you, as I think, as a working yes. people, and, yeah. and a wonderful grounding that you gave her to be the horsewoman she is and, and the competitor that she is today. Yeah, mm. she was, she's very good. I mean, she did what, you know, did what I do, really, really worked hard. Yes. Mm. Yes, and that really is, has shown. Well, I, I want to also just, if I may, staying in the 50s there for a minute, Sheila, because it was mm. a time when you were making such a inroads into in in so far as women in the sport and how uh, how influential you could be and how successful you could be but along with that came sort of the early days of media attention and uh, tv yeah. and radio and and i believe you know you t you spent your your time in the tv studios and yeah. you know, behind the radio microphone how did you 
respond really to the media interest then? Was it something you took in your stride? or how did Yes, you... I was lucky like that. You know, I was good about that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I could sort of uh, throw that at them quite happily. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nice. Yes, nice. <laughs> it's quite the wrong way to put it. <laughs> But but that must have been fascinating for you to watch how the media were paying attention to you and to the sport in those days. Yes, yeah, I suppose so. Mm. I mean, again, I was I was so sort of busy with the horses and everything else and various other things. It it was when I I tell you what, when I went to um, to Canada, yeah. Mm. And there, of course, you you garnered more interest whilst you were coached to the Canadian team, took them down to Mexico to the Pan-American Games. Yes, yes. Did you relish being a coach to anyone? Was that a part of your career that you thoroughly enjoyed, the training of the people and the horses? Yeah, very much so. I mean, I had to buy several horses, you know, and and then sort of put them right, as it were. Yes. Well, you're Um, you're certainly able to do that, and you also found some marvellous names for your horses, didn't you? You always had... uh, Where where did that all start? The the High and Mighty, the Airs and Graces, the Sun and Air. You always linked linked the two words. Was that your idea? Yes, very much so, yeah. And that worked awfully well. Well, it did, and they were Mm. indeed memorable. But you, you talked about some people that were maybe not welcoming you to the sport in those early days, but was there anything that intimidated you? How did you overcome adversity in the sport? As you said, you overcame adversity, but you, you had such a strong character to stand up to any, yes. any opposition mm. that you had, didn't you? Yes, and when, we went to, when, when I went to um, Canada, yes. And there was a chap there, I can't remember his name, but he was the Canadian uh, sort of big boy. And, of course, he was very, very um, unhelpful as far as I was concerned, you know, that a woman should sort of come and say, look, you've got to do this now and you've got to do that now. He didn't like it one one bit. Well, you have also came adversity in in the form of that awful accident that you had that changed your career. Indeed. When you look back on that now, it came at obviously a, a very, very difficult time for you when you were doing so well as, mm-hmm. as an event rider. It must have, you obviously had to stop and reflect on what you wanted to do next, and you turned sec- very successfully to dressage. Yes, indeed, yes. Yes, because a lot of, a lot of the people, you see, sort of wouldn't, wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, I mean, I like anything like with the horses. And, and sort of look at them, etc., buy them, all that sort of thing, train them. Yes. You know, it was wonderful for me, I thought, uh, and for my father, my father in particular. My mother was always saying, you know, sort of, there's no money left, which there wasn't to start with. <laughs> Mind afterwards. <laughs> so I had to work very hard, sort of earning some money. <laughs> well, you certainly did, and, and they were a marvellous support to you. I think they... Trailing yes. around the country, didn't they? Oh yes, they were. They were marvelous, marvelous people. And, and so you really had the support, and then of course, and your brother John, he was mm-hmm. supportive too. Yes, didn't like it much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he was busy. He had his own things, as it were. Yes, yes. Well, mm. you, you were recognised, of course, with so many awards over the years. The the Tony Collins Memorial, the Calcutta Light Horse Trophies. I mean, leading horse, leading rider, and and not least of all, of course, all the medals that you won, Sheila, as well as the 
the the records at three day events like Babbage yes. and so on. When yeah. You, when you look back, and if I can now take you back to look at the, those achievements, mm. which of those accomplishments are you most proud of? No, that is a, that is a, that is a very hard one. I, th- I think I think um, the best thing that I did and was able to do was uh, was to sort of go round the various places where you know sort of they're, they're putting horses up, um, and you go and sort of buy them, obviously, if you if you want to. Yes. Um, and and I was very good at that. I was very lucky to be good at that. Wonderful to hear you reminisce and look back at you know at what were you know really significant milestones in the sport uh, mm. and your influence on the sport, Sheila. I mean that. Yes, I certainly think that 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 sort of stayed, as it were. Mm. Yes, and and that that must be something that you're very proud of now when you when you do reflect. Yes, mind you, I don't reflect very much. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm on, on other things, etc. <laughs> when you look at riding and the context in your life, what has given you the most meaning in terms of your riding? What, what was most meaningful to you? What, as a person, what do you think it uh, instilled in you? I think sort of really. I mean, I used to go to a lot of a lot of um, uh, places and look, or look at horses um, and uh, you know buy things that probably nobody else would do. Um, and sort of make them into something really first class, which, yes. all, which always sort of shocked everybody. <laughs> it was having that eye for an o- a horse, wasn't yes. it? Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. Yes, I mean there were. I mean they weren't sort of smart horses uh, by any means that I that I used to buy. Uh, and people would say, sort of, well, well what's this one? Um, you know, sort of, uh, it, it's 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 a really good horse. I said yes, but it was that's the one that you saw the other day, or whatever it might have been. Yes, so, yes. Mm. you could really turn rags to riches, couldn't you? Yes, yeah, I was good at that. Yes, mm. you were very good at that. And yeah. When you watch the sport today and young people coming in the sport from the distance, as you as you said, now you're not no longer really hands-on or involved with the sport. But w- would you have any message to young people that want to make this sport their career? I think that they have to realise uh, that it's hard work, yes. you know, very hard work. I mean, it's, it's also marvellous, but it is hard work, you know, if you want to get up to the top. Yes, it certainly is. Mm. And, and now you have time to do other things. Do you have time to enjoy sort of music and the arts and theatre? What, what do you enjoy these days, Sheila? I mean, I'm nothing to do with the horses, as you probably know. Yes. But you, you enjoy music, do you? And, and the, yes. Do you pick up a, a horse magazine at all or a horse book? You know, I think as one gets older, you know, sort of you're, you're on to other, other things. Yes. But, but right now, um, what, what, what entertains you and makes you laugh these days? <laughs> no. Oh, God, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> you watch some television and... Uh, you get amused by your friends and where you're living yeah. now. Yeah, exactly, yes. And I suppose company now where you're living, it, that is all important to you, isn't it, the companionships that you have now? Of course, yes, that's very important. Yes. Yeah. You, pro- mm. you probably uh, generate your own, own amusement. And I know you can have a wicked sense of humour, Sheila Wilcox. <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. Now, who said that and what was it, for heaven's sake? 
Well, it's been wonderful to catch up with you, Sheila, and uh, and take a look back down memory lane. It's been a remarkable career, and I was thinking of some recent videos that I've watched of you competing yeah. in badminton and, and Harewood. You were talking about... about Harewood, 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 yes. my girl. Yes, Harewood. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Harwood. Mm. Um, black and white footage of you competing in, in those days. And it, it, mm-hmm. it really is a testament when, when one looks at your accomplishments of how, you know, you really did set the sport on a footing yeah. to, for, mm. you know, the young women today to, and, and of course yeah. to compete in the Olympic Games, which was... was well, denied. exactly. Yes, that is, that is important, I must say. Yeah, that was very important. And, mm. and, and, and I suppose also when you see how the sport has developed in, in Great Britain particularly and they are still and, and continue to be the arguably the leading nation in the sport, that must yes. also give you some pleasure, Sheila. Oh, yes, I think that's marvellous. Yeah, yep. Um, and I suppose in, in time you know, I, I shall look back and say, my word, you know, I did all that. But at the moment, or at least at the moment, and what I did before, you know, since I'm talking to you and everybody, it just it just went on. Yes. It yes. really did. It just went on. It just evolved. You know, one thing after another. Yes. You know, I would see this and see that, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and 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 realise what one could do. One could do with, particularly, you know, horses that. Um, uh, most people would turn their nose up at, and I would sort of look around and say, hmm, yes, I, I think I could do something with this. I did a lot of that, that sort of thing. Yes, you were amazing what, what you were able to spot in a horse. And, yeah. And the I was lucky. Yeah, I was lucky like that, you see. Well, I think it was probably more than luck. It was the sign of good horse, horsemanship, too. Yeah, that's know? true. Yes, and, yeah. And also considering that you did not come from a horsey background, you didn't have you no, know, early no. influences, you really made your own way, and you've always been one to really row your own boat, haven't you? Yes, yeah, mm, yes, yeah. And we'll continue to, I'm sure. There's no turning <laughs> Sheila Wilcox. But, uh, no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> 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 Well, Sheila, it's been an absolute pleasure to have this conversation yeah. with you. Thank you so much for taking a trip down memory lane with me and uh, being my guest on this week's uh, Equestrian Legends. Not at all. Thank you very much. Please join me again next time for another episode of Equestrian Legends. Until then, thank you for listening.